You're listening to the Sporting Heroes podcast brought to you by Radio City Talk. My name's Matt Jones and uh, this afternoon my guest in the studio is someone who had a very successful spell at the start of his career with Tranmere, went on to play for the likes of Preston, Barnsley, Leicester as well. It's a warm welcome to Ian Hume. Good afternoon, thanks didn't, for having me. Didn't even mention Canadian International as well. Yeah, not many people <laughs> remember that part. <laughs> uh, it's been a, a wonderful career for you, uh, so let's just touch on that first of all. Came over from Canada to, to sign for Tranmere at quite a young age. That must have been quite a daunting thing. It was, but at the time there was no MLS, there was no uh, professional league in Canada, so it was the university path or professional football if you could get a sniff. And I think, well, even up to now, the the work permit problems that people have coming over from Canada to, to the UK, is it's it's a massive hurdle. But being born in Scotland, I, I had the ticket, uh, had a dual passport, so it was a an opportunity when it came up. It was uh, it was something I was more than happy to take. How did Tranmere find you? Um, it was actually my well third time lucky. Um, I'd been on trial with St Mirren up in Scotland. Um, then I went on trial with Hearts and promised the world and delivered nothing. Um, then I came on a, a tour with a, an under sixteen team or under seventeen team. Um, we played against England schools. Played against Everton played against Newcastle, played against Tranmere. And a, the the Newcastle scout came in and says, oh, and he really liked me as a player, but I was too small. I was tiny back then. Um, and then we played against Tranmere under-16s. And I uh, can't remember the score. I remember Neil Ashton was playing in that game and smashed me all over the place, and <laughs> as he does. Uh, but the, the scout at the time, uh, Frank Vickers, uh, came up to to our coach and asked about me, and he said, "Oh, I think he's a bit too old." And I was three years younger than everybody, or two and a half years younger than everybody, and he told him I was fifteen. So we straight on the phone uh, to I think it was to Warwick, and just uh, said, "Let's let's get this kid over on trial." And I ended up coming over for a, a tournament in Ireland and and did very well. And that was with the under eight or tournament in France, sorry. Um, that was with the under 18s. I was only 15, so it was a it was a big one getting to play with the likes of Alex Hay in there. So came over for that, did very well again, and Aldo said, "Yeah, get it done." And from a very young age, you were you were pretty much in that first team. I know you were on the bench very early on. I think you came off the bench against Everton in the three 0 win, didn't you? But you'd already been involved a little bit before then, and you can only have been 17, 18 during that match. Yeah, well, my, I made my debut 16, so my first involvement was Middlesbrough. Um, I was on the bench, absolutely out of my depth. Um, <laughs> a, a boy, I was a boy amongst men, but it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, but then later that season, uh, after obviously, I think we finished thirteenth or fourteenth that season. So once everything was secure and every, uh, Aldo brought brought me or got me involved and played against Swindon and Man City away, and then against Palace at home and. I think it was up again. I think I came on right wing, and I was up against a an unknown young Ashley Cole. Then, so <laughs> it was a it was it was an unbelievable season for me. It was something I wasn't expecting for a couple of years to even be involved if I if I'd done well, but to to get thrown in the mix uh, pretty early, it it obviously set the pathway for my career. And a great time to be at Tranmere. They had those famous cup runs, got to the League Cup final, two FA Cup quarterfinals, and then you were very heavily involved a few years later under Brian Little when you got to the quarterfinal again. Yeah, I think it was uh, something we touched on the, the last interview I did with you. Is, uh, people sc- were were scared of Tranmere. Coming to Prenton Park on a 
on a Friday night or a Saturday cup draw or even a Tuesday night cup draw, nobody wanted to do it because it was a full house and the the fans dragged us through and the team the team stepped up to the occasion and it was a uh, it was it was great times with the club and thankfully now they've after a couple of years of uh, dropping down the leagues the, the last couple of years have been similar uh, atmospheres and similar feeling around the club. You've you've got this great connection with them and you scored some some famous goals and some memorable goals as well, but not many people come from overseas and make that connection. So it must have for you you must have come in and not known a great deal about them and and then suddenly there you are a cult hero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cult hero to some, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, I, I I didn't know much about the club before I came. But as soon as I was coming on trial, I was checking up the history and reading about the the Johnny Kings and Aldo was there playing and reading about Eric Nixon and players like that. And it was uh, like Pat Nevin, <laughs> massive massive player up in Scotland and obviously played for Everton and everything. And it was, it was good to read up on it, but you don't really get a grasp on what the club actually was until you're in the doors and once I was through through the the YTS and everything with uh, John McMahon and Warwick Rimmer and all the players and you get to learn a lot more about the club and to have played okay I, I only played what 179 or 170 games for the club it was a uh, it was massive for me to to have that rapport with the fans and that that sort of relationship with them and even to this day I'll go to games and I've still got as I say Older fans, I've got fans, <laughs> late thirties, early forties, coming up to me because they remember, and I, I know it's uh, it's kind of uh, something the kids, <laughs> the younger, the young, because obviously there's so many younger fans now, some of them don't really know who I am, so they've <laughs> they've got to be explained to. But it's a it's a great feeling to walk through the doors and still be still be greeted. Dads and mums introducing you to uh, their, their sons and daughters, and the sons and daughters don't have a clue. <laughs> no, exactly, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of funny, but it's it's still a good thing. It's Radio City Talk, you're listening to Full Time and I've got Ian Hume, former Tranmere man in the studio, uh, to pick his sporting hero. We'll get on to that in a moment or two, but you left Tranmere, you went on to Leicester, Barnsley, Preston as well, um, and for many years a real successful player in the Championship. Yeah, um, obviously leaving leaving Tranmere and going to Leicester was was a big step, because obviously they'd just come down, um, I think they'd been one year in the, the Championship and it was a time for them to clear the decks, the wage bill was massive, so they were getting rid of some big names and Going in there, it was it was incredible. To be honest, I I, I really loved it there, and um, a couple little hiccups towards the end of my time there uh, contractually was was the hardest thing, and that was uh, something that had to be had to be changed. And then they decided it was time to to kind of cash in. Uh, so it was a little bit disappointing because me and my wife and we only had one daughter at the time. We were. We were settling in, and we we really liked it there. Made some good friends outside of football, and unfortunately, that had to come to an end. But it was a it was a great time, and moving on to Barnsley, and again in the championship was was another big big challenge. And unfortunately, everyone knows how things went after well, what two months of the season. It was a it was a massive knockback on my career, but again came back, and I was still in the championship a year later, and. Uh, couldn't get in the team, which was one of those things as a striker, you hold your hands up. It was uh, two strikers scoring goals, John Mack and Daniel Bogdanovich. You you just hold your hands up and say, well, listen, I can't complain. Mm. i got to be professional about it. I want to play. But if the guys ahead of me are scoring goals and doing their job, then who am I to, to be big time and argue about it and say, listen, I deserve it. So it was, uh, I was there for, what, two and a half years and then on to Preston. And 
buzzed off that and okay we got relegated that season which was which was a tough one to take but again playing regular in the championship and scoring goals was was a great thing just to mention Barnes you say everyone knows what happened and you're referring to the head injury um how long did it take you mentally and physically to get over that um funny enough about mentally I'd say about a month and a half two months I was back training just after Christmas um I was the physio was coming over to mine we were going for runs and everything I was back in with the team I'd say mid late February um back in regular training and I think it was by March I was in regular training and my to be honest mentally I was sorted a couple of weeks after the the operation as soon as the scar or the the scabbing went off the scar was all right well when do I get started it's, the thing is people say oh well something must have been going on in your head to make you think oh if this happens again. at the end of the day I'm all I know is football and I've unfortunately to my one of my bad points is I don't have an education it's something that I want to look at down the line once I'm done playing but all I have is football and that's all I've ever known so for me it was when can I get back out and first thing I did in my first full training session was head a ball and uh, Simon Davey the manager at the time was he was raging <laughs> but again it's it's one of those things and for me it was and I've always compared it to somebody having the unfortunate part of their career if they break the leg or do their ACL or something they're out for eight months and for me it was the same thing it's just a bit of a freak accident and not many people fracture the skulls but again it's it's getting through the the red tape that was put out in front of us from insurance companies and all that. I could have been back by the end of the season, but they wouldn't allow me. <laughs> uh, before we get on to your sporting hero, just one last one. You've played all over the world, actually. You've been in India and you've been in uh, Spain as well. And obviously you've played uh, in Canada for your country. But what was it like going over to India? Because you were pretty much at the start of them launching the Super League over there. Yeah, I've uh, played all five seasons um, so far. Um, and the only reason I went out there, and I'll be honest with you, was... At two different clubs for two different years in the UK, I'd been offered contracts. And then same clubs who offered the contracts took them away before I had a chance to negotiate, to accept to anything. Um, so I kind of got a little bit fed up with it. Um, after playing, what, 450-odd games, 500-odd games, scoring 120-odd goals, and not even the courtesy of calling me and saying listen we're getting text message or or just avoid it so I just I, I just got a little bit fed up with it and I didn't go out there for money the money was I'll be honest with you the money to start off with wasn't wasn't that good it, it was kind of bad actually but it was a matter of I just needed something something fresh and something that I could be a part of from the get-go and going out there and I was very fortunate I landed into a team that was full of sort of UK upbringing or there were a couple of Australians but there was an Irish lad two English Scottish it was a it was just a good environment to be a part of and something new It's Radio City Talk I've got Ian Hume in picking his sporting hero former Tranmere Leicester Barnsley Man Canada International as well as we mentioned so let's get on to your sporting hero um, growing up in Canada who was it that you looked at and, and you absolutely idolised well my, my footballing hero I've got to I've got to say well I'll, I'll start off with growing up in Canada football wasn't televised very often so that was something my, my my dad introduced me and my brother to at quite a young age. Um, outside of football, I'd say Wayne Gretzky. He's absolute legend. 
Michael Jordan, absolute legend. These are the guys who were the at the top of their their profession at the time. But as a football, I'm going to stick to football. Um, my dad brought me and my brother to a pub on a, I think it was a Saturday morning to watch football, and he never gave us a team to choose. So when we we walked in the doors, he's like it was like some Man United, Everton, Liverpool, Blackburn, they were all teams that were towards the top of the Prem, and me and my brother both fell in love with Liverpool. Um, it was the start of Robbie Fowler and end of Ian Rush, and Ian Rush wearing the number nine in the old candy jersey was uh, was something to behold for us. We're, the guy was just incredible, and both of us, we we both f- started following Liverpool, and, and Ian Rush was the, the main man for us. What was it about him then? Because, as you say, he was coming towards the end of his, his career at that point, so he wasn't necessarily at his peak. Um, I think because I was a striker, because I am a striker, and obviously so young, and I'm, I'm trying to learn. You see Robbie Fowler, and it was just just before or just about his blonde hair days and number 23 but you could see he was still learning off Rush and you could see the movement like Rush's movement and his uh, left foot right foot he, he just had everything and it was it was just something I don't I can't explain everything about why I just started supporting Liverpool and why I started following him but he, he just had everything and it was as an experienced player to still be to be playing at the top level and it was it was just something to behold and we like I said me and my brother both instantly was one of those we could have easily jumped on the bandwagon like many many people around <laughs> the world and and become a Man United fan because they were winning everything it was the start of the what 19 20 wins in the what 25 26 seasons so we could have easily done that but it was there was just something about about Liverpool at the time and Ian Rush in particular what one thing did you try and put into your game that he had? Just movement and both feet. That's one thing he's very underrated about is he, he could use both feet and he could finish with both feet. And There's a lot of strikers around the world, top, top strikers around the world who, who can't do that. And somebody like somebody like Rush who can smash you know, great in the air, smash it with both feet and good finish with both feet was, was something, obviously, my dad drummed into me from a very, very young age and I'm I'm proud that he did because over my career I've I've been able to use both feet and I've scored some some top goals with both feet and his uh I'd say I'd say yeah that that for me his movement was incredible but I think the fact that he was so good with both feet was was something that's very underrated. And just finally you must have had the chance to meet him and if so what was that like? Funny enough, the only time I met him was in India. Really? Yeah, we we just played a game and he he does a lot of stuff out in India. He's back and forth with the the LFC Foundation and he's he's back and he he knew one of our coaches and Jamo was there. So Jamo's gone up to speak to him and it was after a game. So we'd played on a Sunday night in Mumbai when we were at Kerala Blasters and as you do after a game, you go up the bar dead. Literally nobody in there apart from us. We we had to ask them to keep it open and go in for a beer and Rush comes walking in. I'm just sitting there, kind of awestruck. I'm like, what, what, "What's he doing in Mumbai?" Like, I didn't even know he was in the country. And um, just, it was literally a, a childish little handshake. Just to, um, you're a bit of a ledge. I bet it was a brilliant moment for you. Can you remember what you said? No, I can't. Honestly, it was uh, oh, nice to meet you, and I think that was it. And we didn't get a chance to have a talk with him.
Brilliant stuff. Well, uh, a wonderful uh, sporting hero to have as well and a wonderful uh, chat about your career in general as well, Ian. Thank you for your time and thank you for picking Ian Rush as your sporting hero. As always, thanks very much, guys. Former Tranmere striker Ian Hume joining me for Sporting Heroes on the Sporting Hero podcast brought to you by Radio City Talk. You can hit the subscribe button. You'll get a new one in your box every week automatically downloaded if you do that. On top of that, you can hear it live on Radio City Talk up here in Liverpool every Wednesday, 4.45. You can get us on DAB, 1548 medium wave, online or on the Radio City app as well.